Live from Orlando, Florida, you're now listening to the Ozone Podcast, the voice of Orlando Magic fans. Join us every week for a unique fan perspective on all of the latest Magic news and updates. The show starts now. What's up, Magic fans? Welcome back to another episode of the Ozone Podcast, brought to you by DraftKings and part of the Basketball Podcast Network. We're your hosts, Al, myself, Anthony. Today is Friday, March 4th. What's up, Al? What's going on? What's up, man? In today's episode, we're going to talk about the finally, it's here, the arrival, the return, Markel Fultz. Talk a little bit about the update on Jonathan Isaac and his injury that we heard from um, from the front office. And then we're going to talk a little bit about Wendell Carter. He's slowly becoming a star on this team. But before we get into that, definitely want to take a moment and just kind of highlight the fact that John Gabriel and Brian Hill were officially inducted into the Orlando Magic Hall of Fame. Really big, big, big uh, recognition for those guys. They definitely deserve it. But my question to you, Al, is, all right, it feels like we've gotten the everyone from the past that we needed to get into the um, the induction of the Orlando Magic Hall of Fame. But who's next? Who would you put next? Who would be your two next that you would want to see get that uh, the highest level of recognition from the Orlando Magic organization? Man, so I'm, I'm sitting here right now, and, and I'm struggling to come up with like a name that I'm like, that, that's got to be next, right? Because you got Shaq already. You got T-Mac already. Um, I, I don't know. So I'm trying to think. Penny's already there. So if I had to be... If I had to only choose say, a name only, right only now. Only choose one because I don't want you one. to say both of mine. I'll choose one. I'm going to go with, can I say either or? Okay, least. go for it. Go for it. <laughs> All right. I'm going to go with either Jameer Nelson. Go call. Or, may surprise some people, Stan Van Gundy. Ugh. Okay, that's that's an interesting choice. I don't see Stan Van Gundy happening. Like I just don't. I feel like that relationship ended so sour. And granted, it seems like half of the people that we've inducted into a Hall of Fame have have ended in sour in in a, in a sour form. Even Brian Hill um, during his his uh, acceptance speech, or if that's what you want to call it, that he didn't expect that he would win this award because he's the only head coach um, to get fired twice by the organization. <laughs> Um, I, I don't, I don't see, I don't see Stan Van Gundy. I don't, I don't see him getting that recognition. I really don't. I would like him to, I think that is well deserved. Like, so he made it to the finals, right? So you, you yep. got coach Hill who did it. Now you got Stan Van Gundy as the other one that has done it. So again, you get, you think of Shaq, you think of T-Mac, things didn't end well for those guys. Stan Van Gundy didn't end well, but again, you can't deny the fact that he accomplished a lot in his short time with the magic. Um, so from that standpoint, I'm thinking of that. Um, I won't throw any more names because I want you to give your out your, your names go out. Call. So Thank you, you go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> the only reason why Stan Van Gundy said anything positive about the Orlando Magic post his coaching career with the Magic is Clifford coaching the Magic and we make it to the playoffs and he was an analyst and he was just rooting for us and rooting for his friend. That's really the only reason why we got recognition from Stan. That's about it. But my my two would be, um, I definitely agree with Jameer Nelson. Jameer Nelson spent a lot of time um, with the Orlando Magic, and I am still frustrated with the fact that we don't have him in Orlando at some capacity, in any capacity. Like this this dude is was 
everything to us. And I, I definitely feel like he deserves that recognition. But another name that I want to throw out there is I think it's time for Hito to get his flowers. Hito Turkoglu would be my second one. And I think that we've already gone past the different eras. And I think that it's now time to recognize, you know, the, the, the second finals run with the Orlando magic and Hito would definitely be my pick. It's for sure. Say that because Jameer was my, first, my, then Hito. That was my third name in line, but I'm like, I'm not going to go there. Cause I, I figured you would, you would go there. <laughs> um, you might even go as far as maybe Rashard Lewis getting a shot. But before that, I would say Dwight Howard, but he's still active. So you cannot go there yet. But I think Dwight Howard would, look, would be the logic name that would have to go next if he was retired. But then again, things didn't end very well. But then again, the Magic find a way to make up with these guys down the road. Yeah, and, there, and, and there's no way, there's no you, you, there's no way around it. Like you know, a hundred percent, Dwight Howard will be there. Hundred percent. There's no way around it. I just, I feel like it would just be an awkward situation. Like it would be a, an extremely awkward situation. Like. I can't, I can't, I, I, I don't even know what that speech would sound like. I don't even know if he would take it serious. Like, I really don't know. Like, I was even surprised, like, you know, Shaquille O'Neal accepted it, you know, because he's, he's a larger than life personality. But with Dwight Howard, it just ended so bad. Like, would you consider the way that Dwight left the worst departure of any player? Would you consider his departure worse than, than Shaquille O'Neal's? I think so because he was loved in the city. Money was not an issue. Shaq, it was obvious. We we lowballed him, and that's what led, led him to LA easily. With the magic, he had a choice. You know, he he was getting paid. He was the star. I mean, he was the man in this town. He he could get whatever he wanted. And even then, he he played it poorly. Like you know, if you want to get traded, say it. Talk to the team up front. Be honest about it. Don't get on a plane and then change your mind. And then two months later, oh, I want to I want to I want to be traded again. That made it so ugly for the team. They could have gotten so much more value if he would have just come up and said, hey, I want to get traded, make it happen. The Magic could have found a way and gotten a lot more as a result. But because of what he did, we're still paying the price. You know, not to knock nothing on, on Vooch. Great player, did great things for us. But the reality is you could have gotten, I don't know, a Carmelo Anthony back then, a Daron Williams, something, another star to come back to Orlando instead of, of a guy like Vooch and a bunch of picks. Um, so I it think could have been, it could have been things, worse. It could have been Andrew Bynum. Could oh have God. been, could oh have been God. a lot worse, but yeah, because of all those factors, I think you got to think that that's one of the worst to Patrick. I mean, it was just poorly executed on all aspects. Yeah. It, it'll be, in, it'll be interesting. It, oh, yeah. Again, there's no denying it has to happen. Thing will be a little awkward. Um, but, I I still stand on the fact that I'm I'm glad that they found a way to recognize uh, these individuals, but there has to be a point where you know the Magic are proud enough to be able to acknowledge their past history in the rafters in the air, not just you know a little section that people walk past by. Yeah, man, they they got to move away from that. We we've talked about it in this podcast quite a bit. Those, those should be jerseys retired. You know, it even looks nice because if you go to Amway right now and there's just two little banners by themselves doing nothing <laughs> in the rafters, it would be nice to see, you know, a number 32, to see number 12, to see in the future Jameer Nelson's number out there. It makes it seem like, hey, there's some history to this team. What did those guys do? It reminds you those guys were part of those teams. Right now, you got to walk through the, f I don't know, getting food. It might hit you in the face. Oh, 
this guy uh, is in the Hall of Fame. But it's not, it's not obvious. It doesn't hit you when you're walking to Wyoming Center. So they got to fix that at some point. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So Markel is back. How big was that for you? So we've, I feel like this was a topic of conversation for a long time. Front office telling us this, this is what we're getting. This dude has been practicing with the team since December. We still haven't seen him. Like there was a lot of no communication. And then out of nowhere, not even from the front office, not some, some Twitter message. It was actually Markel Fultz on the, the pod squad announcing that he is he is back he's returned how exciting was that for you and what were your first thoughts that's unique man that was uh unexpected right so like you mentioned it was not the front office it wasn't an announcement that came out on twitter like it was legitimately hey a new episode of the uh, pod squad that was dropped and you're like markel faults what is this about and that's how he announced it so that was kind of cool i mean it was different i'll give the team credit for that um but to that point, the secrecy went to to that to that extent, because again, then that that leads me to believe Dante knew since that Thursday or Friday, or yep. you know, and there was nothing, nothing leaked. But again, it made it interesting um, on the court. Man, it made it so exciting waiting for that Monday night, just knowing, hey, we're gonna have Markel back. And as you guys know, if you listen to the show, I, I'm at the game that night. I got there super early. I upgraded my tickets to be behind the Magic bench. And it was just the excitement on the arena. You could feel it. Even though it was a Monday night game, which usually, if you go to Magic Games, it's not a very exciting night to go to a game. It's usually not, a, not packed. Against Indiana, it would have been a really boring game. But instead, the crowd was into it from the jump. Um, I like the fact that Magic took their time to check in Markel into the game. Um, yeah, they, awesome. they called the timeout. They're like, nope, don't go in yet. They fouled. And then you follow that up with Cole Anthony hugging him. Um it was just, again, the, the, the dynamics of it were awesome. And to top it off, he comes into the game and, and he performed at a high level. Yeah, he didn't drop 30, 20, but in his limited minutes, he did amazing things out there. You could see right away how he can make guys like Franz better, Wendell better, and just how easy the game comes to him. I mean, easily 12 points. Last night, 10 points. Like, he makes it look easy out there without even really trying. Um, and the team needs that, that guy that can create so it was exciting and it will continue to be exciting over the snack the next 19 games to end the season because again that's what this kid brings to the team he was the former first round pick uh first pick in the draft for a reason the talent is there we'll see how about you what were your reaction what were your thoughts when you first found out i mean first and foremost kudos to to his team for all you know supporting him and wearing his shirt on the way to the game Everyone's wearing a, a blue Markel Fultz Orlando Magic t-shirt. So I, I thought that, you know, that moment was awesome. You can really tell that Coach Mosley was really, really happy for Markel. I mean, the dude gave him a, a massive hug before he went into the game and after. So there was a lot of excitement. One of the things that really stood out to me the most is that he is by far and wide our best point guard. And when I when I mean by you know, that stood out to me more because we, we all kind of knew that already, but actually like really seeing that it, it's, it's crazy how this dude literally has the perfect balance of, of playing aggressive and getting his teammates involved. This dude's mid range shot is just a reminder that it is absolutely lethal. The way that he's able to push the basketball is so fun to watch. 
the way that he's able to really find the open man in what seems like impossible situation is is awing to watch. I, I it it is so much it our our way our style of basketball is so different with him on the floor that you forget that we needed that level of impact. I can't believe that we've been sitting on this jewel for for so long and it's finally here because we've been waiting for a minute to be able to see this. And the number one player that you know you really see benefit from Markel is Wendell Carter. Wendell Carter is loving playing with Markel, boy, and it is it is awesome because Wendell was already playing good. But now the attention is off on 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 Wendell. Everyone's focused on Markel because he's so crafty being able to penetrate the basketball. He's so crafty with with his ball handling. His mid-range you have to respect it and his shot looks amazing. Like his shot looks really really good. I know that there's a lot of talk in you know the difference of what his shooting looks like from a mid range and a three point shot, but from what I've seen, how can you not be excited that Markel's back? Yeah, and I mean, I think it was uh, John Hammond on, on a radio interview this week that said, you know, possibly one of the MVPs this season, Demar Derozan, is one of those guys that a three point shot is not a threat. He's a mid range killer. He goes to the basket and kills you inside. So it can be done. You can be an effective player, even in today's NBA, without that three-point shot. And the cool thing that I heard in the interview is John Hammond saying he is working on a three-point shot. We fully expect that form to get there as he continues to work on that range. Now, me and you thought, hey, his knee, injury last season, he's going to have a whole year to to work on that three-point shot. The reality is, if you think about it, you really can't be jumping up and down like you normally would in a three-point shot when you have a torn ACL. So I think as much as he wanted to work on the three-point shot, he really couldn't, maybe. But that mid-range form, like you said, I'm not going to say it's back to the Washington days. I, I'm not 100% sure there, but it is much better than years past. I mean, he's bringing it up. He's really elevating. Um, like his arms go up. They don't They don't push forward. Last season, if you look at his, his jump shot, even mid-range, it was a little push shot. It wasn't yeah, really it was, that. It was a push shot. It was right in front of his face. It just looked really exactly. awkward. Really, really awkward. And then with his height, too, a 6'4", backing up smaller guards, a little fadeaway with, with this new shooting form, killer. Like, you, you can't stop it. And, I mean, the numbers are there. Five for seven from the field in his first game, five out of six in his second game. I mean, he's missed two shots uh, in, 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 what, 13 tries. So he is getting to the basket at will, like he always has, and he is hitting the mid-range shot really, really well. Um, what about his free throw form? I was at the arena watching the game, so I didn't get a, a good look at it, but you were at home possibly watching it. Free throw form-wise, what were your thoughts on that? Man, I, I, I didn't think it was too bad. Listen, I, I think that we all expected something. We expected something from Markel Fultz. And I think that whatever that something is to you personally, he exceeded that. I thought mm-hmm. that I honestly I had very very little expectations. I didn't think that he was going to do much. Um, he didn't score a crazy amount of points. Uh, he had what maybe one turnover the first game, four turnovers the second game. Whether his his free throw form looked good or his three point form doesn't look good, it's if we eliminate the shooting, he's still our best point guard by far. You know, I I remember early on when we first got Markel Fultz, people were comparing him to Alfred Payton, saying, "Oh, here we go, we got another another point guard that can't shoot." But this this dude is not 
nowhere near the same. Like the amount of of calm that this guy brings and the amount of of creativity that he brings, it, it's it's crazy. It, it's Cole Anthony is a very, very good player, and I don't want to get that twisted. He's a very, very good player. You know, he's kind of simmered down a little bit in comparison to the the start of the year. But Markel Fultz is just far and wide, a way better player. And, and granted, even with injuries, he's been in the NBA longer. Um, we find, like I Honestly, I feel like we finally got a real, true point guard, and nobody's going to take that from him. How many more games? How many more games do you think it will take until we actually have this man in the starting lineup? I mean, I think it depends. It depends on the whole tanking situation. If you say to yourself, we're okay with just losing, which we'll talk about in a few minutes, um, I think that we may not see him at all in the starting line of the season. They might play super careful and keep him at 15, 20 minutes a night the rest of the way. There's no way. Who knows? 20 games? 20 games? would have surprised me. I, I, so minute restrictions. You think that he'll be minute restrictions? 16 to 18 minutes a game for the next end of the season? I Well, I mean, I look at it with, like Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson just got bumped up to 30 minutes uh, a few days ago, actually, a few weeks ago, maybe. Um, and he's been back for a good maybe month and a half. So Markel, you might see maybe the last 10 games of the season where he gets bumped up to 20, 25. And at that point, I can see him starting. Uh, but then again, the rotation, the way it's going to work is he's a starter. But in reality, he's going to be shuffling a lot to make those minutes work. Um, I don't know. Again, my mind is really set on the Magic really want to end up with one of the top three worst records. They really want to secure that top five pick. So that may they're, impact. They're, find, they're finding ways to do it creatively. <laughs> they're they're finding ways to do it. Mm. It's 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 special. <laughs> That's for sure. Now, recently with uh, Brandon Kravitz on In the Zone, um, the, we got a little update from Jonathan Isaac. So during this interview with John Hammond, the general manager, um, he had this to say, no expectations either way. We're trying to keep Jonathan ready physically, keeping Jonathan ready mentally. He's committed to the medical staff and they're committed to him. Now, as as happy as I am with Markel Fultz, I'm okay with Jonathan Isaac not coming back. I, I've gotten my my void filled with Markel Fultz coming back with, with this team. I'm okay with Markel Fultz. I'm happy. We got a brand new basketball team from what it feels like. I'm okay with not seeing Jonathan Isaac come back. Let me start off by saying that. With that being so, said, what the hell is John <laughs> Hammond trying to say? What is what is he saying? Why are we why are we speaking in code? And this is the part that's that's frustrating, right? We we talked smack about all right, when are we gonna get Markel? When we get okay, we got one out of two. But why are we dissecting words? with this front office why do we have to read between the lines so much no expectations either way like my dude we got we got 20 games left what do you what do you mean no expectations either way what what is it what does that mean to you what what do you what are your feelings from that interview? you know what the, i mean when i when i first read that same reaction like what the heck does this mean like it's not really a clear answer the question was will we see him play next like is he coming back next markel is back is he next that's the answer that we got so really it means in my opinion maybe we will maybe we won't it we don't know right 
And he's using the line of, yeah, he's committed to the medical staff. They're committed to him, physically ready, mentally ready. The, the part that I would highlight there is mentally ready. Like, what does that mean? This GI got hurt. What is it now? I lost track 18 months ago. So a year and a half. I'm concerned that the word mentally ready is part of the paragraph or a few sentences. Why? Markel's playing basketball and he he was out for 13 months and he's back and he doesn't show any signs of um, having issues with that knee. But let me ask you this too, on top on this same topic. Did you see the reaction that GI had on the bench after the dunk by Wendell Carter yesterday? I did see that reaction. Um, his knee looked perfectly fine to me, <laughs> if if anything. Um, I, I think that uh, front office is seeing that video, like, dude, I need you to calm down. Stop moving. <laughs> Why are you moving so much? Like, you're giving away our secrets. This dude was doing, like, high knees off the bench. Like, mul- like multiple. Like, not just, not just one. Like, this dude was exercising like the way the way that his knees were flopping up and down you're like there ain't nothing wrong with this guy what are we doing but again it it leads to the point of you know it forces you to to view mentally ready as something that you have to dissect now when it comes to when it comes to injuries listen i've i dislocated my shoulder playing basketball maybe 10 years ago and if i go play basketball right now even though it's healed I'm still worried about it, and I still play basketball protecting it, knowing that I'm 100% okay. But mentally, that's still in the back of my mind. I, I still mm-hmm. play a certain a certain way because of my shoulder injury. So maybe that's what they mean by mentally. Maybe. The part that, that concerns me, not concerned, but it's like Brandon asked, do we see him playing this Straight season? Up. It's a yes or no question. Yes or no, we don't, but no expectations either way. So it's kind of like, well, he might not, but he might also. But why do we have to complicate it? Why can't we just simplify the situation? My guy, is it yes or no? Why to be we expect to play, but we also don't not not expect him to play. It's it's confusing. I, I just I can tell you this though: if he's still not doing contact work, which we talked about, I think on the last episode, he's still not doing contact work. He's still just shooting and observing in practice. How Markel returned to contact practice, as far as we knew, um, in December, and he didn't come back until February. So, end of February at that. So that was about two months. The season has a month left. So, if I was a betting man again. J.I., I think we don't see him this season. I, don't, I just don't think so. And even if he is ready at this point, man, what's the point? You got 19 games left. At this point, write it out. They're committed, like we said before. They are committed to ending with a top three uh, pick in this year's draft, hopefully. Honestly, don't mess it up. We've waited long enough. I'm okay waiting another six months so this kid can come back not only 150% ready, a thousand percent ready. Like, so he has no doubt that then he's ready. Give him a full training camp. Like, I'm okay with that at this point because, again, we've suffered enough. We've, we've not watched this guy play basketball for almost two years. I'm okay with that at this point. It's like, whatever. If he yeah. plays this season, amazing. I'm excited. I'll be watching. Obviously, 
we're going to talk about it. But if he doesn't, I've already accepted the fact that that's a possibility. What would drive me absolutely insane is if he doesn't play this season and then next season we go into it and he has minute restrictions and and they're sitting him on back-to-backs and that would drive me absolutely crazy. Or just imagine like, oh, training camp is opening today. Uh, it's, more, it's GI part of it. No, we're ramping up. He'll be he'll be there towards the end. Like that can't happen. That's and what I'm saying. Like, and it's 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 funny, and we laugh because, like, in the back of our mind, that's a possibility. It is. Like, we might see. We might see that. That might happen. What's going on, Magic fans? The latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is too good to pass up. I'm talking about between the legs, 360 windmill good. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. If Sportsbook is not available in your state yet, you can still take a shot at a big payday. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Basketball Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prices with their first deposit. All you have to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code TBPN, bet just $1 on any NBA team, and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code TBPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21 or older, minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction, See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for a full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void where prohibited. Minimum $5 deposit. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text the Tennessee Red Line at 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text 467-369. But that's the thing, like, I'm okay with this because I'm giving them plenty of time not to come back at 100%, at a thousand percent. Like, this guy's going to come out balling. Like, they keep saying he's working on his shot. That's what he's doing, left and right. This guy better be close to Rashard Lewis now at this point because he's had two years to work on the shooting form and the three-point shot. So, again, I'm being patient. I understand the word that I kept saying in the earlier episodes back in December, January is patience. That's our key word for the season. We're going to get better. We're going to develop. It's a patient stage for, for us Magic fans right now. But at some point, you got to start demanding things from the players, things from the front office. And we're getting there. I think we're, we're seeing things like last night, the night before against Indiana, we can play really good basketball when we are healthy and when things are clicking for us. We're good. We're not a bad team. We're one of the worst teams because of injuries. But again, next season, you cannot come at me and say the Magic have a 2-13 and 13 record again. Like, that's not going to fly. Now, be careful, though. J.I. playing these cards, whatever they're doing, three of the top picks in this year's draft play the power forward position. But that's why I, I don't think care it's what so you tell important. me. Yeah. It's so important for this dude to play because of that reason. Yeah. I mean, imagine this. Jabari Smith gets picked with the second pick in the draft. Wait, timeout. GI's back. 
But wait, Franz killed it last year. Oh, but wait, Okiki is balling out. Wendell is balling out. Mo Bamba is playing decent. Who, who, what do you do? But that's, that's why. So th- this is, this is a strong reality. The strong reality is that even if the Magic have the number one pick in the draft, the Orlando Magic select Jabari Smith, the Jabari Smith with the number one pick in the draft, there is a possibility that the number one pick in this upcoming draft may not even start on the worst team in the NBA, the worst record holding team in the NBA, and their number one pick may not start. That's wild. Realistic, though. Wild. And wild. I used to think, I used to think, like, oh, what if you just, again, like we said before, what if J.I. is a signer next year? Boy, timeout. There's no way you can bench Wendell anymore. Like, Wendell, Wendell's been balling and playing really well. So when, that's not Wendell has Wendell has been playing more the four than he has the five with Mo Bamba in that lineup. And Wendell is undersized, per se. And I don't know. I really have no idea. So, so like, for example, Wendell and Jonathan Isaac, they would fit perfectly together. Why? Because if even if we talked about positionless basketball, four mm-hmm. and five, they can make it work. They can interchange. Jonathan Isaac has, has the height. He has the size. Wendell may not have the height per se, but height really isn't that big of a deal anymore in today's game. And he can stretch the floor. He plays way bigger than what he is. He's strong. He's powerful. Uh, Markel Fultz, Jalen Suggs. Markel Fultz is more point guard than he is shooting guard. Jalen Suggs is more shooting guard than he is point guard. So they can interchange as well. Um, but you you still, what the hell do you do? Like Coach Mose has it easy right now. He knows that he has to slowly bring in Markel Fultz so you can still keep you know, Cole Anthony and Jalen Suggs happy. Eventually, he's going to have to have that tough conversation where he tells Cole Anthony, sorry, you're, you're going to have to come off the bench. Or he tells Jalen Suggs, hey, sorry, I'm, I'm going to go with, with Cole and Markel. You're going to piss somebody off. I don't care how much these guys love each other, which they do, get along, have great team chemistry. Somebody is going to get butthurt that they're not, they're not playing back in that, in that original position because Markel came back. Everyone's happy for Markel. Everyone's super happy. At the same time, this man's taking one of your jobs. Like that, that is happening. And that's what makes it so interesting, right? So it's happening with Markel with the guards. Like he, he is going to take minutes from either Cole or Suggs. GI, same thing. If we end up drafting one of those forwards in, in the top of the draft, they're going to have to get minutes some way, somehow. So again, the front office will have to figure it out. It's way too early to start thinking about that, but it's it's worth thinking about. Like, yes, J.I. is going to come back and so at some point, but what does that mean for the draft? What does it mean for the future of the franchise? There will have to be moves because, again, the guys that are playing right now are playing pretty well. So how do you come back at them and tell them you're not going to play next season, whether it's Chuma or whoever it may be? They deserve a chance. They deserve minutes. Um, ideally, what this proves is these guys are NBA players. These guys do have enough uh, talent and, and potential to get traded in a package maybe and acquire a really good player. That may be something that the Magic, again, that's the best case scenario, I think, if, if you are thinking of jumping to become an, an elite team in this league at some point. We're not there yet, but eventually that will have to be the reality of it. Uh, like you said, people won't be happy being the 10th man 
off the bench when they know they can be better than that. It almost reminds me of, uh, did you watch Game of Thrones? A little bit, not, not the whole series. What is wrong with you? You got to watch the whole entire thing. You got to get started on that. It's been over for a long Anyways, the issue with Game of Thrones, and one of the biggest advice I would give anyone is that you don't fall in love with characters because all your characters end up dying. The problem with the Orlando Magic right now is the season is being used to be able to watch these players to find out who exactly fits and who doesn't. Mm-hmm. My advice would be don't fall in love with any of the players because I foresee changes happening. You can't yeah. make everyone happy. So whether that be Cole, whether that be RJ Hampton, you kind of already get the sense of who the main guys are. I get the sense that Franz ain't going nowhere. Suggs ain't going nowhere. Markel Folds ain't going nowhere. And confidently, I, I think I'm stopping there. Confidently. Yeah. I, I don't have. Huh? Wendell. Oh, excuse me. Yes. Sorry. Wendell. Wad Wendell. Wendell deserves our respect and he deserves to be a part of that list in, in terms of core, I would say. Mm-hmm. I don't have confidence with anybody else. I wouldn't be shocked if Cole got moved. I wouldn't be shocked if RJ Hampton got moved. I don't want them to be moved, but I wouldn't be shocked because eventually. I think with Cole, I think the thing with Cole that, that, kind of hurts a little bit it's what he means like this kid is a leader like this kid has such a positive energy that would because to get a guy like that in your locker room is really hard it's really hard to acquire guys to have that that you know they embody the city they embrace it like this kid's from new york he he wears that on his sleeves but he's adopted orlando as like his second home like he's at ufc games he's at ucf games he's at uh everywhere orlando city like this kid has become the face kind of of the, of the city in a way through the Orlando Magic, and all of a sudden to kind of say, "Hey, we're going to trade him," it it would sting I, a little bit. I but hope at the end not. of the day, like I said, you got to make what's best for the team. Yeah, I hope not. I do not want them to move him. I don't want any of that. But at the same time, at the end of the day, you're trying to build this this puzzle of pieces that fit together to ultimately win a championship. That's that's the goal. We're not going to win a championship next season. We know that. The goal isn't about winning a championship in the next two, three years is, is down the road is building longevity is building a culture. And eventually you, you get there and you have to get to a point where these pieces do start to fit. Who, who are you looking at where all these young pieces, so many young pieces that we have in addition to adding more in this upcoming draft, chances are we're looking at the year after that. We still have, you know, the, the additional picks from the trades that we made the offseason prior, we got those coming in. What do you end up doing? And in in a sense, it's great because the if the Magic wanted to swing big, they're one of the few teams that they have enough arsenal to force these teams to talk to us and listen because we'll be able to entice them with so much so much youth, so much uh tradable assets we still own all our futures so if the magic really wanted to swing big they could at the same time again you're going to use the season to to really you use the season to figure out what you have to then you know make the necessary steps moving forward yeah and i mean one thing i I can just keep keep saying this but this front office is not the past front offices so don't don't compare them you know when it comes to to the rebuild 
I don't know, man. It didn't feel this way back in the Oladipo days, and it, like it didn't feel like this. You, you can tell that this roster is going to be easily 11, 12 deep with just young guys that can play in the NBA. And then, like you said, on top of that, you got all these picks. And then on top of that, you're going to have some clap, cap flexibility as well to do the right things for these guys or to bring in a, a free agent whenever you choose to to play that card. So it's it's looking really, really bright. Like I said, for the Magic, you're seeing some national media talk about it a little bit. Some guys on Twitter that, that follow the NBA talk about, hey, these are not your your old Orlando Magic that, that were making silly moves and I know what they're doing. Like They got something cooking down there in, in, in Central Florida. And it's exciting because we can see it as fans, but to get people from the national level to witness that and to notice that, it's exciting. Now, speaking of Wendell Carter, Wendell, he's slowly becoming a star right in front of our eyes. He's averaging, what, 18 points, 11 rebounds, and shooting 60% for the month of February? What are your thoughts on on this level of play from Wendell? I got to tell you, man, when we traded for him initially – Cool. Young guy, plays a center position, got picked one pick below Mobamba. I'm like, he he's a wild card. Like we don't know what we're getting with him. But he's been healthy. He's gotten stronger. He can shoot the three-point ball now. Like he that that was not really part of his game before. And I'm gonna surprise you. Like this kid since January, if I had to throw a name out there, so Cole's played well this season. Spotty at times. Franz played really well. Who do you think is leading the way, the scoring in this team in points in 2022, if you had to, to guess? So since January 1st. Wendell. Right? <laughs> I made it easy for you on that one. <laughs> so Wendell Carter is leading the way for this team right now, which surprises me because in the games, you don't really notice that. Like, he's playing well, but not to lead the team in scoring. Like, I feel like France has done that more often, or Cole, or... <laughs> He's leading the team in scoring and averaging a double-double, like you said, 18 and uh, and 11 in February, but actually 14 and 10. So a double-double for the season as well. He surprised me, and he's getting better and better, more and more comfortable using his his power against weaker centers. And it's fun to see. Like He he just puts his shoulder on them and just goes up straight up for the dunk, like time and time again. That's powerful. Like We haven't had a center like that since really Dwight that can put a shoulder down and say, get out of my way and throw it down on someone. But then also pump fake and demand that respect. Like, oh, I got, I got to guard him with a three-point line. So this kid is evolving into a mix of, and not even close to Dwight by any means, but the strength that Dwight showed and the ability to hit a jump shot that Vucevic had. So it's kind of a cool mix between the two. He's a good passer, smart player, doesn't make too many mistakes. A little undersized for the center position, but again, with a guy like J.I. next to him, he's going to thrive no matter what. It's impressive. And it just makes that trade with the Bulls look so much better, man. I mean, to think that we got Wendell and Franz, we saved $20 million in cap space. And on top of that, we got a pick coming in 2023 on top of that. Crazy, crazy value. That's for sure. Yeah, in our interview with... um. With Iron uh, Rainey, he was he was um, you know the the trainer for Wendell Carter. And he talked about it on on our podcast talking about how the biggest surprise that we're going to see with Wendell is his shooting ability. It's something that they spent a lot of time in this offseason working on, and it's clearly shown. Like we're we're seeing that massive difference this season than we did in, you know the little small sample size that we got last season. 
and he's playing really, really good basketball. I think that's a it's a fair comparison. He's strong enough to be able to body you down low, but he still has a little finesse where he can hit you with the mid-range. He can, you know, pick and pop out and, and hit the shots behind the arc. So he's playing really, really good basketball inside and out. And it, you don't, you know what's a little weird also is that or not weird, but he's really getting hit in the face a lot. Like almost once it feels like almost once a game he's 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 losing his glasses or they end up breaking because he keeps getting hit in the face but he even gives me like horse grant nostalgia just wearing the glasses like if it it would look weird if he didn't have the glasses so everything about Wendell I am I'm really feeling right now and I think that you know he he's definitely going to be a big big key big piece for us moving forward 100 percent yeah man he's earned it that's the thing with him I'm going to say like Nothing's been given to this kid. Like, yeah, he he became a starter right after the trade, and I was skeptical skeptical at first. I'm like, hey, why is Mobamba getting you know that start like at the beginning? And again, this kid has proved me wrong a hundred percent. So I'll admit to that day all day long. Again, this kid was always hurt in Chicago. He couldn't stay on the court. Uh, didn't really show like that aggressiveness while he was there. But whatever we're doing here in Orlando is working, man. The confidence he has now, you can see he steps on the court. And I think he thinks now, like, I'm one of the best players on this court. I don't care who I'm playing against. I'm one of the best. Um, it's impressive. So, again, he's a double-double machine every single night. And it's fun to watch. It's fun to see this kid that, again, this kid's only 22 years old. Crazy. He's not 27. He's not 28. He's not even close to his prime. And he is balling. And then you said it. We got Markel, and guess what? He's 23 years old, man. Like, it's it's incredible how we look at these guys and we're like, oh, they've been in the league for three, four years, five years. They're young as heck, man. Still, they, they're, they're still babies. It's crazy. It's crazy. They're still babies. Their bodies are still growing in. And, and that's that's the crazy part that, you know, they're they're not even scratching the surface of, of their prime. They still, they still got a couple more years to that. And... That's that's that needs to be the focus. We still we keep building, we keep developing, we find pieces that fit, and slowly but surely we we take a look at the NBA Eastern Conference, and the the conference the standings that we see now is completely different than what it looked like last season. Teams that should be up there aren't up there, and and teams that were down at the bottom are now all the way up. You got the Miami Heat, which was. To me, the surprising one of the surprising teams this season. They're number one in the NBA, or excuse me, number one in the East. You got Chicago that's up there also. Granted, they made moves this offseason, <clears throat> but you know, offseason moves, we clearly see the difference of of that being a factor on on how you know these teams are are adjusted and how that impacts you know their level of play moving forward. So it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. Now, my question to you, because we saw this. You know, in, in the overtime game against Indiana, where we saw a little suspect, suspect things going on, <clears throat> a little, uh, a little tanking uh, adjustments that were made. My question to you is: seeing the team win games when they earn it matter most than losing for the sake of getting slightly better odds in the NBA draft. What do you think is more important? So this is a, a big debate, no matter where you go. If you go on Instagram, you look at the, all our comments on Orlando Magic HQ, you go on Twitter, you see a bunch of debate about this on, on Magic Twitter. My take is this, and I said this last night, you know, when we were up 18 points and it seemed like we were on our way to win three straight games, beating Houston, Indiana back to back. I'm enjoying this, man. Like, I don't know about you guys are listening to us, 
driving to work or at home. It's fun, man. Like I, I, I'm sick of the losing. I'm tired of seeing this team lose so many games due to injuries, due to so many things that just impacted us. It feels good, especially when it's at home and you're there in the arena and joining with all the Magic fans. So when it's earned and they, they've played well, the ball was moving so well last night. They were hitting threes. There was a dunking a bunch of, a bunch of times. It was fun to watch. When that happens organically and we're playing well, enjoy the moment, man. Like, stop stop thinking about, like, crap, we're up 20. Damn it, Houston is losing. We're going to fall to the second best odds instead of the first. You're going to go crazy as a fan if you start thinking like that. So my thing is, if this team is developing to the level that it is showing, our young guys are becoming better, we still got J.I. out, just by what we have, we're young enough and we're good enough. It shows some nights. Be happy for that. The lottery is a crapshoot. We saw it last year. You cannot control anything about it. Yes, you can give yourself better odds and you want to be top five, sure. But even then, teams like Cleveland, Toronto, they jumped from outside the five and jumped up. So my thing is this. I'm enjoying it. If the team is playing at this high level because the team is developing, the chemistry, the young guys are getting better, that may mean almost as much as picking top five, if you ask me. Because our guys that we already have that are 22, 20, 19, 23 are that good that they're beating really good teams in the NBA. Enjoy that. And also, for a second, look at the schedule. It ain't pretty what's coming up in the next week and a half. Got Phoenix, Brooklyn, uh, I think you got Philly. It's not pretty. So we're not going to win a lot of games coming up here. So those nights that you are winning by 18 against a bad team, enjoy it. Like again, it's, I don't think it's going to play that much of a factor at the end of the day. So if you ask me, let the winning organically happen. If you lose, you still win. <laughs> that sounds great. It really sounds great. I feel motivated. I really do. Hey, until... Hey. Until we're one pick away from drafting Luca, until we're one pick away from drafting, you know, Trey Young. I, I think for for me, I don't want us to lose on purpose. Like none of the players are losing on purpose. They're not. <clears throat> Coach Moses making some interesting, <laughs> you know, substitutions where we have Schofield in in, you know, primetime minutes. You know, those those things are questionable, right? At the same time, I feel like we we just need to make sure that we have you know, at least one of the bottom three because of the way that the NBA draft lottery is set up, we all get the same percentages. Still a little weird because you have, you know, Detroit and, and Houston that somehow they made it into the top three and we didn't. And we were the three worst teams in the NBA. So it's, it's yeah, it's a crapshoot. I, I agree with you, but it makes me feel better knowing that we have the worst record in the NBA when it comes to draft time. But the yeah. reason why I feel that way is because I've always believed that, you know, all it takes is one player to be able to change a franchise. <clears throat> That's it. You know, when Dwayne Wade drafted by Miami, Shaquille O'Neal looked at him and said, I want to play with that guy. Completely changed the trajectory of that team. So it's one of those things where, yeah, I, I don't want us to lose because that's not fun. But I also see the importance of it. So it's 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 an internal battle. I feel like we've been doing the last two years 
that can't wait for us to be able to be done and over with so that this team can finally play at at his potential. And hopefully one of these players that we end up drafting ends up be, <clears throat> ends up being that guy for us because we desperately, desperately need it. Or the development becomes so crucial that that player is already on the roster. And that's the thing. We, we may have that that guy that we're like, oh, we, we need that one guy. Maybe already in the roster. It may be Jalen Suggs. It may be Franz that develops into a guy that all the people are watching and noticing and wants to come to Orlando to play with. Um, maybe Wendell Carter, who's, again, we talked about it right now, is growing so much his last few years. Again, that's not even mentioning that our two top players, Markel and J.I., that have the highest potential and, and highest ceiling. So I, I hear you. And, and honestly, we lost the game last night, like you mentioned. Some questionable things happened towards the end. Uh, felt like a game that we let let go on purpose, really. And I don't mind it. Like Indiana was catching up. They're trying to lose too. They're trying to tank. And we are now, I think, five and a half games away from 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 kind of sharing the top odds with them. So important game to lose, if you ask me. But at the end of the day, we have five weeks left. And like I said, if you look at the schedule, I think we play OKC twice, Detroit once more. I think that's it for like easy games that I can mark down and say, we can win that night. Everything else is games that are against playoff teams, teams that are looking to win and make the playoffs. I think Sacramento is one of those teams too that we're playing, but they're trying to make the playing tournament. Um, the, uh, the Pelicans too. So we don't really have like gimmies anymore, except those three games. So I think we'll end up what we, what we thought. We're going to end up with about 20 wins, if you ask me. And that may be good enough to be a top three uh, or top three odds for the for a top pick in the draft. We'll see. The hope this year is that we don't do the same thing that happened last year. All this losing, and then we drop. Because I think if you ask me right now, there are about three players in this draft, and you're like, man, four, really, that you're like, man, if you can land that guy. like They may not be superstars, but they're going to make your team better. And if you end up picking fifth, that's going to suck. Yeah, Magic definitely need to make it into that top two. Really tough schedule coming up. Uh, we got Toronto, Memphis, Phoenix coming up next in our radar. New New Orleans Pelicans also. It's going to be interesting to see. Happy, definitely happy to see Markel Fultz back. Um, desperately needed it, man, because it's the the last couple last couple games have been really, really rough to watch. Like really rough. And with how taxing the season has been, it's glad that the, I'm glad that the fan base are we're getting rewarded with a player like Markel Fultz back in the roster. Yeah, on man. that note, it is a wrap. Appreciate you guys for listening. Markel is back. Catch you guys next week. Thank you for listening to the Ozone Podcast, the voice of Magic fans. For all the latest Orlando Magic news and updates, follow us on Twitter at the Ozone Pod and on Instagram at Orlando Magic HQ. Remember to subscribe and leave a five star review on all your favorite podcast listening platforms. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.